This podcast is proudly supported by the post-production facility, Red Lab. Red Lab. See where your ideas can go. Welcome to Women on Screen Out Loud, giving a platform to women in the film industry who challenge, motivate, and inspire on all sides of the camera. We are your hosts, Lara Jean Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue. Actress Lisa Berry is a busy and prominent figure in many entertainment mediums. She is incredibly active in using her platform to share insights on maintaining spiritual and mental health in the industry. In her essay, Living a Lotus Life, Lisa dissects her experiences in successfully transitioning her career from stage to screen and how meditation has played an integral role in helping her find her artist's way. Sitting in an airport after a week of filming on two different shows in two different cities, waiting for yet another flight to take me to another city, has me feeling pretty exhausted and oh so blessed all at the same time. This roller coaster ride has me reflecting on the single greatest shift I made that not only saved my life, but also altered the course of my career. Whenever I get asked how I balance a stage and screen career or how I handle the pressures of social media or how my craft has changed and grown over the years, my answer always seems to be the same. It's meditation. This business ain't for the faint of heart, and it will take your dreams and throw them in the trash if you let it. It will also do a very effective job of pushing any and all of your buttons just before crushing your soul. Maybe it's just me, but when I first started acting professionally, and still sometimes now, but not to the same degree, I find myself feeling the same way the character that I was playing felt. This happened more when I was doing theater, saying the same words over and over again every day at the same time with more and more feeling had an effect on me. Each new character felt like putting on a new dress, only sometimes we weren't a perfect fit. I was a happy size 12, but the characters that I played were a miserable size 6. To make it fit, I would deliberately starve myself of love and exchange my sunny personality for a darker demeanor, all to be able to fit into the size 6 role riddled with fear and dread. When I would play these emotionally wounded characters who often thought about committing suicide, I found it very hard not to entertain the thought of ending it all myself. I know it probably sounds like I'm either weird or method or just messed up, but I felt like there was no choice in it for me. It hasn't been, nor is it my current intention to stay in character 24-7 unless I'm playing Beyonce. Then good luck getting me to take her off. But seriously, I lived in these altered states of beings for years. And after taking on roles, albeit wonderful roles, of characters thirsting for love and happiness. My soul was in rough shape. I felt less like I was an actor taking on a new part and more like a woman learning to live with unruly roommates who insisted on sticking around. I began to hear voices in my head and felt like their sole purpose was to make sure that I was miserable. I would later come to call them the crazies. And don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about getting to play these amazing, well-written female roles exploring the height of human suffering 
but rather questioning whether it was necessary for me to lose myself to play them. No one teaches you how to consciously navigate the emotional waters of playing a character that must loop a traumatic moment or experience. That's what taking on a new role was like for me. Then there was what the lifestyle of an actor did to my psyche. When I was in my early 20s, my life seemed fun and exciting to people on the outside. No one cared if I hadn't worked in months or if I was still working a Joe job and hustling to pay my bills. However, as I got older, expectations both from myself and others started to creep in. I began dreading getting asked, so what are you working on now? I wondered why I wasn't at a certain level or getting the parts I wanted. From there, it was a very slippery slope to forget it, I suck, which wasn't true. Acting is so subjective that it's futile to question your call to the art form. Just answer it instead. Share your gifts with the world and share them with your whole heart. Say fuck it to the rest. For me, after years of living in a constant state of stress and restless debating whether or not I was going to stay in acting, meditation showed me another way. My meditation practice helped me to calm down and reignite my passion for acting. I've learned to get out of my own way when I'm auditioning, on set, or rehearsing a play. I'm so much better at focusing my energy where I want it to go. And most importantly, I'm nice to myself. Today, when I sit down to meditate, I get up feeling relaxed and more at peace. I've lost the urge to mope over not getting a part or compare myself to others. I've learned that my rest is every bit as important as my work. And that sustainability as an artist requires that I keep an open heart and take all limitations out of my mind. Being aware of my thoughts also helped me get emotionally clean, so to speak. I could clearly see I was addicted to feeling certain emotions, namely fear. And it didn't matter if I was working or not, making money or not, or surrounded by people who loved me. I would always find a way to get drunk on the feeling of not enoughness. Meditating teaches me how to practice making choices. When I sit down to meditate, that's a choice. When I choose to breathe deeply, that's another choice. These choices that I make daily are the cornerstone to my mental health and help me stay grounded. I practice listening and sitting in stillness as rigorously as I would rehearse a new play. I do it at the same time, with the same words, adding more and more feeling to them every time. This precious time that I give to myself helps me embrace my imagination. And I use it to explore different ways of interpreting my life. Whenever I felt anxious, I'd imagine getting notes from a director telling me it was great. They loved everything I was doing, but try the scene again and take the worry out. I mean, I'm an actor, I can take a note. So I did, and it worked. That simple yet effective exercise of reframing how I was seeing something helped me appreciate that every moment or scene in my life could be experienced differently. I could see how my life was happening for me and not to me. And instead of panic attacks where worry and dread would flood into every cell of my being, 
I started to get love attacks. Sudden bursts of joy would explode within me, followed by an overwhelming feeling of being loved. Finding your artist's way is never easy, but it can be such a noble pursuit. Today, my definition of success is measured less by how much I work or how much money I make, and more by how good I feel. I believe life is our best teacher, and that all our experiences make up the curriculum. It took me a long time to learn, but with the love, help, and guidance of some amazing people in this industry, including my incomparable husband, Dion Johnstone, I love you, I have learned that you can very safely play emotionally wounded characters and not emotionally wound yourself in the process. I wish someone had told me at the very beginning that loving myself was going to be the hardest, single most important thing I could do for myself, my craft, and my career. This business requires that we be vulnerable when we're working and tough when we're not. That's not an easy feat. We need tools. We need practice. A very basic meditation practice that I do is to be present to what I'm doing when I'm doing it. This can give anyone who tries it instant relief and greater insight into themselves and their work. So if you're waiting on set before a big scene, breathe and make each breath count. Don't get ahead of yourself. If your partner's talking to you, simply listen. Or if you're cutting vegetables to make dinner, be there for each cut. Now, with so much going on, constantly being on the go, learning one new lesson after another, I feel grounded. Yes, everything is moving at warp speed. Just not me. Coming up... Lisa Berry and Lara Jean Korostecki touch further on the demons Lisa faced in her early career and tips and tricks for bringing meditation into a daily practice. Hi, I'm Lara Jean Korostecki, and I'm here with Lisa Berry. Lisa, thank you so much for coming in today. Oh my God, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm going to start by talking to you about this very important question you ask in your essay, your beautiful essay, by the way, that I found extremely inspiring. Bless you. On whether it is necessary for you to lose yourself to play characters and how no one really teaches you to navigate the emotional waters of that question. Outside of meditation, do you have mentors who have helped you or supported you as you sought to answer that question? Everyone. Like I said, life is... My biggest teacher, and every circumstance is a part of the curriculum, and the barista at Starbucks to us sitting here to being on set, stage, screen, whatever, that is where I grab all the inspiration to be like, how can I use this as an experience to help me understand myself better? And the world is constantly bucking up against us, and I kind of see it in two ways of there's a spiritual world. And there's a physical world. This is at least how I taught myself how to understand how to manipulate the energy that I felt coursing through my body. And to be very aware of the physical world being something that was going to bump up against me to really reveal to me who I was. 
and how I wanted to feel was what really started to get the the engine going. So I would have a moment, as an example, where I would be just a mess. You know, I'm panicking, I'm crying. And then I would just go inward and be like, I want you to just feel this. I want you to feel what is happening in your body. Where is the sensation? Is it in your toes? Is it in your hands? And I started to gain all of these discoveries like my neck had no tension. All the pain was actually coming from deep within. It's like if I could if I could tell you to focus on the center of your being and then squeeze. There's no tension on the outside of you. It's all coming from within. Everything is generated from within. And so the parallels of that and living my life is how I started to practice every single day is I didn't need to be in a class anymore. I was like, well, that asshole just cut me off and I'm feeling a whole bunch of things. Classes started. <laughs> That's mm. how, in my mind, I started to shift my training as an artist and decided that my emotions were going to be something that were of service to me. So I wasn't afraid of my emotions the way, you know, Mother Nature ain't afraid of her own rain. You know, it is something that is going to happen, be a part of us. And so once I started to delineate between the two, I stopped taking away needing to put a story on top of what I was feeling and rather have it be something that I was investigating. So I wasn't feeling like this because of X, Y, Z. I was feeling like this so I could understand, figure out what was happening within inside of me so that when I was on stage, I just had to copy that. I didn't have to emotionally be like, I'm a loser. This is never going to work out for me. I'm good. I'm good to go, guys. We should go. I'm good. I'm ready. Roll the cameras. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't totally. I didn't want to be that actor. I wanted to be able to go wherever I needed to go emotionally and be a good human being to people first. Mm. And so that was always the driving force behind the machine of, like, can I be an artist and a good person? Because right now I feel they're not working together. And so I, I, I had to find a way to make them work together. Do you find it easier now to... Um, you know, actors talk about, I certainly know I felt in the past, this feeling of when you're done a scene or a play that you're on a high or you're in a specific spot. I remember my early days back at Stratford, I was playing a very difficult character and I used to have to take a lavender bath and afterwards and do yoga and find all these ways to protect myself. And you're almost putting up walls between what you're feeling and creating something that is actually false. Does that make sense? This idea that we need to have a come down time to make our lives extremely separate. Do you think that's important or do you find it easier now to come off a show or to come off set? That's such a great question because it's a little bit about both of what I was just talking about. Hmm. If I, I mean, I think that's very insightful of you. Let me just, let me just start with that. Is I think that's very insightful of you and smart, though, to take off the character because I think that's how you keep your sanity because we are as beings everything we are jealous angry vicious vile insensitive cocky assholes who love deeply we're everything in one we can experience everything in one the truth of what we actually are I believe is that we are wholeheartedly love and no character that we ever play is going to return back to wholeheartedly love. And as a human being, we can return back to we are all love. Because a character is usually experiencing 
a traumatic moment. Let's just talk in terms of a play to keep it simple. But like a, a character is experiencing a traumatic moment that is in a capsule in time. It doesn't change. So your body is going to take the energy on and loop it over and over again. And because you're experiencing it so much, you won't be able to, after time, differentiate between the difference. So I think it's very helpful for people to know when they are playing a character and when they are not. However, having said all of that, I do believe just the word acting in and of itself has created a misguided notion of what we do. Acting is what we call the art form of being on Mm. purpose, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So because we have given it a word, we now think we have to be something other than what we are, rather than actually, when I'm in a scene with you, If I'm cussing you out or making love to you, I am actually cussing you out or actually making love to you. And then just like getting on a streetcar, I'm no longer on the curb. I'm now on the streetcar. These are just the things that are actually happening right now. Mm -hmm. And so when you're playing a character where you're like, they are in the shit, it's helpful to know. And that's where the exercise of knowing what pain bodies feel like in me uh, what other utter despair feels like within me is helpful because when I'm playing it in the show, I get to use the words that I'm playing as a character as the reason I'm feeling that way and not something that's going on in my own life because I don't actually have to experience that in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so what I what I like to do very consciously is, and this is something that Diana Donnelly taught me, amazing actress, Shaw Extraordinaire. Diana Donnelly taught me this really great exercise of taking off a character and she was just like it's lovely if you can if you can you know at the very least like take a shower or at the very least wash your hands and that's why I love your idea of the bath and I'm just like when we're playing a character who experiences something traumatic we don't want to imprint that on our body as our own and I think the safest way for actors to do this without losing themselves is to remember that in this moment it is real, but it is not my life. Hmm. And if that makes sense. And so it's trying, it, that's why I think it's such a delicate balance that you're just like, and who's teaching that? You're like, I don't know. Most people are teaching you to be like, feel it, feel it all. Yeah. And then do what with those feelings exactly? And it's just like, well, how do I not echo it? You know, a lot of times I would finish doing a play and two weeks later at, you know, 4.58, I'd be like, <laughs> I mean, it's just in my body. <laughs> it's just in my body. This is what I required in the show. Yeah. But I had the awareness yeah. to go, oh, it's 4.30. This would be right about the time in the show. And I can feel that I'm like, it's slowly leaving my body. But that's because at that point, I hadn't learned how to put a character on and take a character off that I could just walk away when it was yeah. done. So I think you've probably, you know, helped yourself out <laughs> by yeah. having that at the very beginning of your career. What you just spoke of makes me think of meditation in the sense of recognizing thoughts as thoughts and not necessarily as problems so that we don't always take on our thoughts, but we are aware of them. Mm-hmm. So the same that we don't always fully embody a character that so that it leaks into our lives, but that we are present with the character when we're in it. Yeah. You shared this phrase... I would always find a way to get drunk on the feeling of not enoughness, which I think is such a radically honest phrase and way of speaking to something that I think many humans struggle with. And then you also speak of meditation 
teaching you how to make choices to combat or perhaps eclipse this fear and insecurity. I'm going to segue a bit into your social media stuff. You post a lot, and all of your posts are inspirational and truly reflect this, this idea of sharing struggles honestly, followed by tools and words of inspiration and ways of focusing that positive energy to eclipse or soothe those moments of not-enoughness. How important is sharing in this way through the medium of the internet to you and connecting with your audience? It's become really important to me. I, it took me a long time to really fess up to this is a calling that's within me, to share hope, inspiration, love, to flip it and reverse it every kind of situation you could possibly be in where you're like, this could be the best day. Like, I've I've actually always been that person. And so to have lost that side of myself because I was playing all of these really dark characters because when I first got into acting, I was like, I'm not going to do comedy. Nobody takes them seriously. So I'm going to do the serious plays and I'm going to play the serious characters. <laughs> going to do classical theater. I'm going to play Lady M. Yeah. You know, I want the out damn spot, you know. And then you're like, are you sure? Are you sure? And while I do, I was also realizing that I was I was living in the energy of someone darker than I naturally was for a long time without realizing it, so much so that my body imprinted it, and that's who I became. Hmm. And then I didn't feel like myself. And I actually remember sitting with a girlfriend of mine and being like, it's okay to just like not like somebody because you just don't. And they're just like, who are you? And I was like, oh, fuck. And this is when I was playing a really traumatic character who just hated everyone and everything and was just like combative and just in your face with anger and fear and all of her insecurities were just riddled throughout her body and I couldn't I couldn't live like that anymore and I had to kind of rejig everything to be like what does it feel like to be me again and I was like I'm a very optimistic person I'm a very hopeful person I'm a very loving person but this business really really pushed my buttons in mm. ways that I was like, and I also didn't know that I was very jealous. What the fuck was that? I was like, I've never been jealous a day in my life before. I was a makeup artist beforehand, and I was the girl who was like, take this job. I can't do it. You take that job. I was so confident in myself and what I was doing. I wasn't insecure about other people doing the same thing as me. And then acting just got in my head because I didn't know what I was actually doing. I didn't know I was playing with, you know, plutonium. You're just like, bitch, that is some dangerous shit. You should be careful with that. I was like, I'm fine juggling with three of them, you know. And in the end, I, I realized that I, I can I can go back to my to myself and I just have to retrain my brain. So meditation was the first gateway that I went through of just like, well, what am I even thinking about? Mm. If my thoughts create my reality and they create how I feel, then what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And and I'm I'm not even in there, none of it's in order. And so I had to kind of do the due diligent work of putting it all in order. And by the end of it, cleaning myself up, I found myself in a position where I wasn't working. And I was like, this is a son of a bitch. How do you be hopeful and inspiring to others when you ain't got nothing going on in your own damn life? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold to it. And then all of a sudden, people started to ask me to be their life coach and to do. And I was like, get out of here. I still want to be an actor. I swear to God. Like, I just couldn't let go of what I thought I wanted 
And so I wasn't able to really live my full purpose because a lot of people were just like, but you're inspiring me. And I was just like, the minute I would be like, great, I've given you everything you have. Now you're doing it and you're living it and you're doing it better than me. And I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So there was a disconnect with the call to be somebody who shares the love and light because I would share the love and light and then it almost felt like it was diminishing my own. Mm -hmm. And then I'd stop wanting to share my light and then I would get back in and then I was like, oh, people are going to make fun of me. Why do I have to do it all the time? Why do I have to talk about it every day? And I was like, well, because I need it every day. Like I'm working on retraining my body. Like an athlete has to train every day. Like you don't miss a day, you know, like you're training for the Olympics of like emotional health. So you got to get in there and you got like, I had like four years of no work from, you know, being an actor to be like, that's about Olympic time. So I had four years to really be like, okay, my man's off working. So he's not here. All my friends are working. So they're not here. And uh, it's just me. All by myself. And my family is really far away. How do I find happiness and joy? And then I had to, you know what I mean? So it was one of those things where it was like, I had to get really, really still and really, really quiet. And then once I found out how to be happy and content from within myself again, then it was a lot easier for me to get up and like share with people being like, I know I'm not going to lose my light. I know I'm not going to diminish it. I know I'm not like I've answered a lot of really pertinent questions for myself and walk with a certain faith and, and just figured a lot of things out for myself that I'm now able to be like, I actually want to help people feel this all the time. Now that I'm not in a place where I, I'm teeter-tottering on it, I'm mm. more like, no, I'm like this every day. This is my consistent flow, and I know how I'm doing it, and I know what I'm doing, and I'm consistent with that because I know what I get out of it. I think it's also when you have that dreaded question of what are you up to now, you have an answer either way. Either way. You know, you and I saw each other recently and we said, what are you up to now? And then we got into personal stuff. Yeah. And it's like, right, because that's as valid, equally or more as valid a response to the question. There's lots going on in your life. And as artists, sometimes it happens to be work and sometimes it happens to be the personal work between work. Yeah. In the, my aunt likes to call it the I hate us time. <laughs> Which is the hiatus. I'm going to end our interview here. I'm going to repeat for our audience this beautiful phrase that you said. I wish someone had told me at the very beginning that loving myself was going to be the hardest, single, most important thing I could do for myself, my craft, and my career. This business requires that we be vulnerable when we're working and tough when we're not. That's not an easy feat. We need tools. We need practice. Are there any other things that you wish someone had told you when you were starting out? You know, a lot of people probably say, like, relax and all that stuff. And I think what I wish somebody would have told me is to always think about your life from how you'd want it to be. And walk with it. Walk with yourself as if that is true. If you know you're going to be working in six months, whether the gig is there or not, you wouldn't stress. So do that. Be the person who knows they're going to work. And if they're not, something equally great will show up. And to just let life have its own flow. I love that. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you for sharing your light. Aw, bless you. Bless all of you. 
Lisa Berry's work has stretched across many stages, including Neptune Theater, The Globe, Soul Pepper, and both Shaw and Stratford Festival. On screen, her credits include roles in Bad Blood, Supernatural, Shadowhunters, Combat Hospital, Lost Girl, and the upcoming third season of Slasher. You can follow along with her career and ongoing inspiration at lisaberrylive.com. We are extending a very big thank you to Lisa for sharing her time and joining us today at the Red Lab Digital Studios. Be sure to check out future episodes of Women on Screen Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts. And check out upcoming events and initiatives from Women on Screen at womenonscreen.ca. Until next time, I'm Lara Jean Korostecki. I'm Jennifer Pogue. And we are Women Women on on Screen. Screen. Women on Screen Out Loud was recorded at the post-production facility Red Lab. This project was created and produced by Lara Jean Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue, with sound engineering and editing by John Lawless and original music by Erica Percunier. This podcast would not be possible without the support of Women on Screen founders Lauren McKinley, Farah Marani, and Kira Murphy. This has been a Women on Screen production.